Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown, our instant analysis show after the Buckeyes absolutely steamrolled the Toledo Rockets 77-21 to in a near record-breaking performance for a Buckeye team that desperately needed to, uh, to put out something really special offensively to go into conference play feeling really good. And boy, did they deliver with an incredible effort here tonight. I'm Brendan Gulick along with Andrew Lind, live from Ohio Stadium, still here uh, late into the night, but that's what happens after a night game. We'll uh, gladly take your questions along the way if you have any, or if you listen to this after the fact, that's no problem too. I know a lot of people will listen to this tomorrow morning. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would certainly appreciate the support there, and we'd love to interact with you. We get lots of great uh, great numbers uh, and, and listeners throughout the uh, throughout the week too. Andrew, what an unbelievable night. Um, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly where to even start. I guess you could pick C.J. Stroud just because he's he's the leader of this team, and, and essentially the Buckeyes go as he goes. Um, gosh, he, he was as poised tonight as he's been at any point, but I thought it was because he had a great pocket. He got the ball out of his hands clean. He hardly threw an incomplete pass, let alone put up the kind of numbers that he did. Yeah, and, and you know there was a lot of talk about the NFL throws he made, which seems to be kind of standard every week now at this point. And I just think that you know him going out there and putting forth this effort today is just a matter of you know him saying, you know, okay, we need to you know execute in all phases and do these things the right way and make sure it's you know clean football against a lesser opponent that we should beat very handily. And they really went out there and did that. Seven hundred and sixty-three yards of total offense, thirteen shy of tying the all-time record at Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I don't even know if, if there was that thought process for a while on the sideline that that could even be a thing. I think this team just basically said, look, we are, we're going to try to go out and execute as best we can. And, and the thing that I think they most enjoyed tonight, you could see the smiles on, on the faces, both of the coaching staff and a lot of the starters, when you see guys that don't get a lot of reps, not just play, but play really well. Yeah. Um, that's really, really cool. Yeah. And I mentioned this off the, off the camera today, you know, there's, you you know you know you're having a ton of success when your six string walk on running back breaks off a 48 yard touchdown run and you know for for TC Caffey to get in there and and do that and then you know all of his teammates off the field I know you know uh, when he ran off the field Dewan Jones was in his face and you know just super excited and surprised that he was able to do that but yeah I mean when he does that you know everything's going well for you final numbers tonight we usually don't give you a ton of stats but uh, boy they're worth hearing this evening CJ Stroud went 22 of 27. Um, he finished the game with 367 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. And frankly, I, I thought he only threw one bad pass all night long. Probably should have been intercepted if, if uh, uh, maybe a, a better 
better hands on the defender. I don't know. It, it hit him right in the hands. Uh, other than that, I thought CJ was clinical. Kyle McCord came in late third quarter. He looked really good. Five of seven, 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Buckeyes, I am pretty certain that for just the second time in the history of Ohio State football, they had three receivers go over 100 yards tonight, and the first time that ever happened was last year when it was Garrett uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Tonight, it happened kind of almost by accident, certainly by surprise, uh, on what ended up being a long 72-yard touchdown to Jaden Ballard late in the game. Uh, so he finished with 113 yards. Emeka Agbuka had 116 and 102 for Marvin Harrison Jr., who has eight touchdowns in his last uh, four games. I mean, it's almost ridiculous, the number of weapons. We haven't even mentioned Cade Stover's name, mm -hmm. and I thought Cade Stover played out of his mind tonight. You know, Travion yeah. Henderson um, got off to a good start and then didn't get back on the field. I mean, there's so many parts to this offense that you're used to seeing star power, and much of it was on display. But I, I thought it was the depth that really told the story tonight. Yeah, and I kind of want to circle back to CJ first because I want to point this out. But he was asked today about you know how he he tucked the ball and run ran for you know first down tonight, and <laughs> I think he might have been watching our show last week after I kind of you know brought that out and and kind of challenged him to maybe run a little bit more. But yeah, I know he he said it was nice to get hit in that situation. And I think you know it he is aware of that fact that you know he's not a running quarterback. But I think that he kind of sees you know and 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 today he saw that opportunity to kind of take that and and put you know tuck it and get that 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 first down but yeah and, and you know we talk about Cade Stover and I think that you know we talked about this off the camera as well I think just a, a matter of his his toughness the example that he sets kind of rubs off on the rest of his teammates and I think that that's just a really important thing that maybe they, they lacked a little bit last year and that's not to say you know Jeremy Ruckert wasn't that and by by any means because I mean he was tough I just don't think that maybe it was a matter of Cade just you know beaming with that toughness and then carrying that over to the team. Cade and Tommy Eichenberg are old school guys that were born 50 years too late. Um, they just want to go out and hit somebody and play tough, hard-nosed football. They appreciate that part of Ohio State football tradition. And Cade even said so much to us uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's like, man, my favorite player growing up was James Laronitis because he was playing in an era where it was tough and hard and fast. And he goes, I want to play tough and hard and fast. Well, he certainly does. Uh, he was really fun to watch tonight. Yeah, if he was our age, he would probably have been a, a three-time All-American linebacker and all of that. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to ignore the defense, okay? We've heard it. We've read it. There's a lot of folks that you know are looking for something to complain about tonight, and I understand it. Um, I don't think it's an outrageous thing to say that Daquan Finn won't be playing for Toledo next year. I think there's going to be a Power 5 school that gets yep. into a quarterback pinch that looks at that kid and says, we can figure out a way to make this work. you got a good enough arm. He's unbelievably elusive. He's obviously got some speed, uh, but he's got a good feel for the game. I mean, there were times where he wasn't just scrambling. He was doing it with a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there was some intentionality with where he was cutting that I, I, I just don't think a lot of quarterbacks have. So I tip my cap to him. He made some good plays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Buckeye secondary didn't have a great night, but 
when your offense scores 11 touchdowns, how do you stay locked in defensively every play? I, I just don't yeah. think all that criticism is fair. I'd say I think, it, you know, a lot of it carries over from, from Denzel Burke having a tough game last week, and people are, you know, a little bit more hypercritical of him because of that. But, yeah, I mean, when you're winning by 50 points, it's it's difficult for you to go out there and be like, okay, I need to, you know, do my best on this this play and this play, you know, play after play after play. And I just think that, yeah, it's easy to nitpick on those kind of things, but obviously the defense played a lot better today. You know, there's a lot more interested when the game was close early in the first quarter and the, in the second quarter than maybe they were last week. So I think that there's a lot to, you know, build upon in that way. Let's talk running back for a second. I mean, you mentioned TC Caffey. He's obviously toward the bottom of the depth chart. Um, it was cool to see him score a touchdown. But what I thought was more cool was the fact that Dallin Hayden mm -hmm. uh, was essentially forced into the game because Mayan's not going to touch the ball on every play. Travion Henderson, something happened to his left leg. I don't know if it's a foot or an ankle. It's not fair to speculate on injuries. The good news is after going to the locker room and kind of walking gingerly back there without a shoe on, Travion came back to the sideline. He was on his feet the whole game. He had a smile on his face. He was standing and walking around with different teammates. So it, it does not appear to be anything you know overly dramatic with, with uh, an injury for him. Hopefully he'll be good next week. Regardless, no Evan Pryor this year. Travion gets taken out of the equation. Obviously, Mayan Williams has run really well this year, but Dallin Hayden finds himself in a position where he can get some meaningful reps with a first-team offense, and he looked terrific. Yeah, and you know, it's good that you pointed out Evan Pryor too, because I think that you know there really was a role for him in this offense before he got injured. For Dallin to come in, you know, he maybe doesn't have the same size as Evan, or you know, just like. The, the experience in the in the you know offseason conditioning program and then and the workouts and those kind of things but i think that you know he shows why you know he ran for 2000 yards as a senior in high school and was a two time mr tennessee football like those are all things that you know that he carried over with him into this year and then just to have that opportunity he showed what he could do when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go back to the defense here for a moment, and I don't want to talk about necessarily the guys that were out there. Let's talk about the guys that weren't for a moment because the game day status report came out uh, about 4.30 this afternoon. Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba were listed as game time decisions. Ryan Day indicated several times this week that he expected those guys were going to be healthy enough to play. We took him at his word, and they got out there, and that was great. What we didn't expect and what was not on the report was that Mike Hall, Josh Proctor, and Tanner McAllister on the line and in the secondary, all of them have been starters this year. None of them saw a single snap tonight, mm -hmm. and Ryan Day said after the game that they were all available this evening so that it, it really wasn't so much of a uh, big injury problem 
Um, but the Buckeyes were were a bit shorthanded defensively. How'd you think they handled that? Yeah, I thought really well. Obviously, Cameron Martinez, Lathan Ransom, you know, they they went deep into that. And then they even got Kai Stokes and Sonny Styles out there, you know, in the second half and just kind of showed that depth a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, with, with Mike Hall kind of battling that injury last week and then just Josh Proctor, you know, going basically the whole game last week, Tanner McAllister having two games under his belt. Like, I think this was just a matter of kind of recognizing the opponent and knowing that, you know, maybe they weren't going to be tested as much or even needed as much in this game and just kind of giving them the night off really. I can't think of too many things tonight that were actually surprising, but one of them was Ryan Day punting from the Toledo 39-yard line. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I really thought he was going to go for it. Yeah, but then I guess afterwards I thought about it because they scored a touchdown on their next possession. You know, it's just a matter of kind of saying, okay, well, this isn't working in this drive. We're just going to give it back. You know, force them to to sure. be on their two-yard line. Well, and and, and right that's back. what happened. I mean, look, Jesse yeah. Murko, who hadn't got a whole lot of, of action, right? Uh, is is a very good punter. He pins him at the one, and Ohio State's defense, which had given up a couple of big plays and had frustrated some folks, goes out and and does exactly what they need to do. Stuffs him right away, and and you know the the first ounce of hope that Toledo had defensively, three plays uh, later was was completely quashed. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that that's kind of a matter of, you know, the offense was obviously doing really well before that. Jesse Murko hasn't had a ton of opportunities this year. So then for him to to get out there in a, a live rep and all that, like that, that's really important, obviously. All right, I don't want to go too big picture tonight because I think it's important to try to stay in the moment. But, you know, I, I felt, and I asked a couple of guys about this, and you can check out some of the, the press conferences that we had on, and some of the one-off sessions with players as well. Uh, but I asked a couple of guys about how, you know, whether or not they felt like they were close. You know, I thought there were moments when watching the Notre Dame game and when watching the Arkansas State game that, you know, look, Ohio State was clearly the better team week one. It was week one. It was a little clunkiness here and there, but they, I thought they were close. Uh, obviously, the defense was the story of the night week one. Then you get to week two and, and you win a game convincingly, right? You win by 33 points. You don't give up a touchdown, but we certainly didn't see what we saw today. The, the reality is there's been only one game in the history of Ohio State football where they've put up more yards of total offense than they did tonight. They haven't scored 77 points since 2016, and they haven't scored more than that since 1950 when they hung 83 on Iowa. So this really was a historic night, uh, and, and we shouldn't use that as the barometer. It's more of a, hey, that's what they're capable of, and sometimes yeah. the game will dictate that. But I asked a couple guys, hey, you know, did, did you think that you were maybe close to doing something like this. And and the answers kind of varied of, well, I don't, I don't really know for sure. And and yeah, we have seen some flashes where it's like, gosh, we're we're one play away from from you know having a, a much shorter drive rather than a, a nine play scoring drive. Um I don't know if this should be an expectation going into Big Ten play. Obviously the quality of competition next week with Wisconsin is substantially better, but I I am certain that this team feels like they are walking on water after an offensive performance like that and feeling like the defense is fixed from a year ago yeah i mean i think it it, it would be maybe maybe irresponsible is not the word but just not right to think of this as like the expectation that you're going to have because like you said it's a very historic night you know to put up these this many points and this many yards like that's not something that they're going to do every week
So to have that expectation, that's unreasonable to, to have. And I just think that, you know, if, if you kind of say if there's somewhere in the middle of that, you know, you play against Notre Dame and, and you're playing a better team, but then, you know, you're more focused and you're cleaner like you were today, there, there's that middle ground that you really want to have. And I think really the thing is they should just play Northwest Ohio teams all the time <laughs> because, I mean, obviously Bowling Green was the one in yep. 2016 and then Toledo today. And it, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, would we be looking at Ohio State a little bit differently if if they had Michigan schedule, for example? Like if they just went out and obliterated Hawaii and I tweeted and UConn, that, and UConn. I wasn't trying to throw smoke or throw shade. Yeah, or anything, but I'm sure Michigan fans are. But I'm like, you know, I wonder how good the Buckeyes would have looked if they'd have played Colorado State and Hawaii and UConn the first three games of the year. You know, the reality is they're three and zero. Both teams are three and zero, and that's fine. Michigan's figured out its quarterback situation, and whether or not they had, Kate McNamara got hurt today. He's going to miss a couple of weeks, so it's J.J. McCarthy anyways. Uh, but look, they've looked good, and that's fine. I, I, I'm i happy that the Buckeyes have been tested the way they have here in the beginning of the season and that they open Big Ten play with a really tough team. Um, they're they're going to be ready. This team isn't going to just go go tomorrow and say, hey, look, we put up this great performance, and now now things are good. That toughness, man, the, the the questions they had to face all offseason, that stuff is still pretty fresh. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe that might be a question that we should ask Ryan Day on Tuesday. You know, just kind of I, – I, he might say, you know, in hindsight, I'd rather have the schedule we had because we went 3-0, sure. kind of like he did with, you know, just talking about the opening with with Notre Dame. But I think that, you know, there there is a real, you know, question there in terms of do you want to open with three, you know, just cupcakes where you figure everything out that way or do you want to be tested from the beginning and figure out – you know, what your deficiencies are and those kind of things and address them moving forward after that. And I think that just the way that Ohio State schedule is this year, you know, they're, you open with Notre Dame and you have two games that you can kind of address the things that didn't work in that game. And then to then open with, with Wisconsin Big Ten play, like you're kind of ramping up again for that game. And then you have a couple weeks before you have, you know, I know Michigan State lost tonight at Washington, but then you have Iowa coming in here and, you know, that's never an easy game necessarily. So, you know, it's no, kind of like it's kind of like this roller coaster a little bit, but it allows them to kind of address those things and move forward and then, you know, put it in action and then figure out what it is and it's same kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that that's just beneficial for them. Let's wrap on, on a Ryan Day note. Um, you know, one of the reasons I so admire him is that he doesn't seem to ride the roller coaster you know, last year you think about what he was like when this team lost to Oregon, and and obviously there was a there was a, a gut wrenching loss when you lose to Michigan, and and the goal at the end of the season is taken from you. Um, but he also hasn't been too high when they've had some really high moments, and I think you know he has he has proven that the steadiness in his leadership is important. He said the right things tonight post game. He was clearly proud of the effort. You could see the smile on his face if you're watching on TV on the sideline when guys like Caffey were scoring late in the game. Um, but this this team is laser focused mm -hmm. because its coaching staff is laser focused, and they've gotten the the meaningful impact players on the team to buy into that. Hey, it doesn't matter what we do on any other day; it matters what we do today. You got to win the day at practice. You got to win the day in the weight room. You got to find a way to just win this Saturday. Um, and I thought Ryan Day expressed gratitude. He, he, in fact, he started uh, just by thanking Buckeye Nation for coming out in in such force. There were almost one hundred six thousand people here tonight for a non conference game, which is awesome. Um, but I, I was, uh, you know, I continue to be impressed with what he had to say post game. 
Yeah, and I think that that kind of works hand in hand with you know what we've said about the defense, where you have that foundation and just kind of you work on the fundamentals for the defense to work. And I think the same kind of thing happens with like leadership and those kind of things. If if you have that foundation and somebody who is a rock and saying you know like you know this is how we treat every single day, this is how we treat every single game, this is how we treat every single win, it just kind of builds upon that. And I think that that's kind of what you're talking about with Ryan Day. And it's just a matter of you know going out there and saying you know we can celebrate this game and and the the win over these next you know couple hours. We go to bed, we wake up, and it, it's Wisconsin. So I think that that's just kind of the mindset that they have to have because at the end of the day, if they sit there and they take their mind off it and say, hey, we're going to celebrate because we. We murdered Toledo like that. that that's going to get you beat next week by Wisconsin. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I guess I would simply wrap by saying that there are going to be a lot of highlights tonight, but there are definitely some that are worthy, uh, including a couple of of mind boggling catches from Marvin Harrison, Jr. And Julian Fleming in particular. Cade Stover had a wonderful night. Um, there are some some highlights from this game that I think we're going to watch and yeah, enjoy for, for a long, sure. long time. Yeah, and I mean, I'd, I'd really just kind of want to point back to just, you know, the the impact that the, the you know, the receivers as a whole, including the tight ends, kind of had in this game. And, you know, just to come back in uh, Jackson and Julian, Ryan Day did say that, you know, they're just a different offense when they're out there. And that kind of showed tonight. And I think that, you know, that should have everybody excited. You obviously know that, you know, you have Marvin, you have Emeka. You have Xavier Johnson, you have Jaden Ballard, who had a great touchdown tonight. And, you know, those those are all really good role players. But when you have your, you know, your two superstar receivers, I know, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that Marvin and Emeka are role players because <laughs> believe me, they're they not. are not. They're they're literally starting on any <laughs> at any other college in, in the country. Yep. But to have your top two receivers back, I think, you know, I, I definitely say I misspoke on that but I think that to have them back just kind of takes this offense to another level for sure 77 21 the final score tonight is the Ohio State Buckeyes laid it on Toledo we've got a ton more to come over on BuckeyesNow.com hope you'll join us there throughout the course of the week as we get you ready for Big Ten play starting next weekend with the Wisconsin Badgers Ohio State 77 Toledo 21 a historic day at Ohio Stadium. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for tuning in, as always, on Buckeye Breakdown, part of the Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated coverage of this Ohio State football team. We'll see you soon. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, check this out wherever you like to get your favorite podcasts.